Chris doesn't buy the hype of random number generators throwing knuckleballs. Heath is now the oldest host. Scott likes using GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand. Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Welcome to the show, everybody. Today we're doing some fill in the blank. We've got a terrible fantasy baseball joke, a mediocre round of Team Name Tuesday, but the rest of the show should be pretty awesome. Are you hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. What up, Chris Towers? Hey! You're old news. Yeah, you are old news. Scott White is new news because he was not on the show yesterday. Hello, Scott White. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Going well. Missed you, bud. Oh, I missed you too. Were you just embarrassed by the whooping that Team Scam took? Is that why you, uh, took the, took the show off yesterday? Should have been. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I wasn't embarrassed. Never embarrassed. Okay. They, they need, honestly, they needed a win because they had dropped behind us in the standings. So. Oh, well, it was so nice. I, I, I consider it a, bit, a charitable act. Yeah, look at us. Nicest fantasy baseball players you know. Uh, hey, I'm gonna start the show with, with this. Rank these three pitchers rest of season. Cole Hamels, Jose Barrios, Jeff Samarja. I believe, let me check, I have them Barrios, Samarja, Hamels. Yeah, I know I still have, well, no, I do think I have Hamels behind them actually. But that is a tight knit group, have to say. Could take just uh, a couple starts the wrong way for any of those pitchers to flip it all around. I guess I'm not surprised that you would have Barrios ahead of Hamels. I didn't know if you would have Samarja ahead of Hamels. But, all right, look, I like to give guys leeway with their first start off the DL. I think we all do, you know, but it's the walk to strikeouts. It's four walks, one strikeout for Cole Hamels. He gave up seven runs and four and a third. And, and it's and it's not all just the first game back from yeah. the DL. You, I mean, it's been all year. It's been like this. Yeah, I mean, he only made five starts before the injury, right. but in those five starts, four strikeouts, five strikeouts, two, three, one. He had more strikeouts than as many strikeouts as walks in two of his first five, three of his first six now. The four, for the season, 16-16 in 37 innings. It's I don't not know. Good. No, but this is like a, a huge, it's like falling off a cliff for Cole Hamels. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it was yeah. like seven straight years of 200 strikeouts, 200 innings, or like 195 strikeouts and 200 innings or something like that. And My I goodness. Mean, from what, his perspective. Yeah, what should happen from, here? From the perspective of his season, given all the time he missed, quote, unquote, it's still early. So, yes. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to bury him. Um, I am disappointed that we started him in the same 16 team league where we just went two at eight. <laughs> um, but, you know. But I also I, I had him low on my two star pitchers list, so I can take some solace in that. It's just when you're in a sixteen team league and you're deciding yeah. between him and a middle reliever, a two star Cole Hamels and a middle reliever, it's kinda hard not to go with Cole Hamels. It's also I think Scott and I are both really high on Bar Barrios and especially Samarja. Mm -hmm. And I know Samarja hasn't been quite as good as we hoped for, but I still see a lot of promise there. I think Jeff Samarja's ERA outside of two starts in Colorado is 375, I think. 
uh, I it's tried. Pretty easy to to figure he, it out. It, he I was in a rush. Do you want to know what the what the formula is? Well, I do did you the, know what the ERA formula. Is? I did the uh, X over nine equals thirty nine over ninety three point six six. Just do thirty nine times nine. Right, divided by ninety. Divided by the. That's yes, all it is. Exactly. And, and, three I, seven five. Okay, I was in a rush. I didn't know if I did all the math right. I was in a rush. I, I guess uh, I nailed it. Um, but but even then, there's there's a couple of really bad starts in there. But most of the time, Jeff Samarge is going out and giving you a really good start, like he did yesterday at home against the Rockies. Oh, so you were saying that three seven five ERA? You were considering that a good thing? Then. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, yeah, he doesn't have a three seven five ERA, so you have to you have to start lopping off well, a lot no, of bad my, starts. My point is like. I was looking at a stretch of, oh, Jeff Samar just turned his season around with seven of last nine quality starts. Yeah. Um, you know, with one really bad one in there. But the, his ERA during that stretch was still a little over four. It's, it's kind of though what we've seen from like Johnny Cueto where each individual start on its own looks good, but it's a lot of three earned run and six, three earned run and seven, things that aren't really going to turn, you know, standing on their own, those aren't great. ERAs. Now, I'm still happy with those starts individually that I don't really care that it comes out to an ERA around four. Right. But, um. A, a, a guy who's probably a little more valuable in head to head than Roto. Um. But the whip, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he's not walking anybody, so his whip is yeah. probably really good. And. 1.114. That's really good for the amount of innings you're getting out of Samarja. And, and I just think that the ERA, you look at it, you look at his overall numbers. If you take out Coors Field, it's a much better season for Samarja and, I yeah I mean I'm took me a while to come around it took you guys a lot less to come around and I I just I want to I want to say I'm with you now I have him right next to Michael Pineda in my rankings which feels about right <laughs> fair enough well you like you've got plenty of excuse to move Pineda down in your rankings now Chris he's he's yeah. been giving you that oh um all right we got a lot more to get to here's our joke of the day hashtag bad bad fantasy baseball jokes from T Bone. If a manager tells his pitcher to throw at Franklin Barreto's head, he's saying, Bean Barreto. And then he put a picture of a burrito with it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That is a bad joke. Okay, yeah. that's great. It needs the visual cue. Yeah, I think it's I love a great bad joke. Now, it's time for our email of the day from Pete. I planned on doing a lot of things today. Only eight games on the schedule yesterday, which is just amazing. It's like a national holiday. We can be, a, we can let our hair down and, and go off the, off script a little bit. But here's our email of the day from Pete in New Jersey at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Pete says, Dear Bruce, Clark, and Diana. Sound like DC Huper, superheroes. Yeah. Huper. Huper, Huper Zeros. Diana Wonder Woman, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the movie? I have not. Yeah, it's really good. It is? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. It's the first of the DC movies that's been worthwhile at all. Oh, really? Well, what are the other ones? Like uh, the Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice, or, uh, Suicide Squad, they're all, I assume, stinky hot garbage. The Christopher Nolan Batman series. Oh, yeah, I'm count, talking about like, like the rebooted, Okay. Yeah. Universe, the DC extended universe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, here's the question. Guess who I am? One, I am 28 years old, entering the prime of my career. Two, I hit third in the lineup for a high run producing team. Three, I have been at worst ninth overall in my position since my rookie debut eight years ago. Oh. And four, Scott, Heath, and Chris at best have me ninth overall in their rankings at my position. 
So one I was thinking of is Jose Abreu. Let me read it again for the listeners. 28 years old, hitting third in the lineup for a high-run producing team. I'm not quite sure, but I have to check on that. Uh, I've been at worst ninth overall at my position since debuting eight years ago. Also not sure about that, but it does sound about right. And four, Scott, Heath, and Chris at best have me ninth overall in the rankings. It's not Jose Abreu, It's right? not Jose Abreu. He hit two home uh, runs yesterday. He extended this, the double dong streak. Who hit? Okay, so who hit I have, two home runs yesterday? I should know this. He is from. Uh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Oh, I see it here. You do two home runs. I cannot read my notes at all. <laughs> El- it's Elvis, oh, Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. Oh, people. Elvis Andrews. Yes. Yeah, number one shortstop in fantasy and points in roto so far. But uh it looks like Heath has and oh yeah ninth. Yeah, I guess I got to move him up. You're thirteenth. He's part of this uh fly ball revolution. I I definitely need to move him up. I'm moving him up to. I'm gonna move him to seventh. Wow, eighth. So who do I have in front of him that? Because I'm you know I'm on board with the idea that. Elvis Andrews is good, especially now that he's hitting for some power. Um, well, that's the thing for me is that the power started to break out a little bit last season, uh, had his highest career ISO by about 40 points, started hitting more fly balls, so he is part of that. Um, and he now has his highest career hard hit percentage. Yeah. So, I mean, the top six at shortstop in some order are just, you know, you're obviously – Nobody's going to change those. They're Machado, Correa, Seager, Turner, Lindor, Bogarts in some order. Those have yeah. to be the six. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. But um, but wait, hold, but does it have to be? Because yes, it has with to be. Andrews, you get those steals. And you're not – it's weird. You're not getting home runs from Bogarts. So it's like – Yeah, but do we? can we really count on getting home runs from Andrews forever? I'm no. open to the idea that maybe he could flirt with 20 home runs this year. He's but, already got a career know, high. If he doesn't hit another one rest of season, I'm not gonna. That's not gonna surprise me either. I would definitely count on more home runs for Bogarts going forward. Yeah, he's already got a, a career high in home runs, Elvis Andrews. But one thing that's interesting is that he's got 18 steals, and yep. his last three seasons, Andrews stole 27, 25, and 24. I mean, if he steals 40 bases, then I definitely want him over Bogarts. But I don't also know that he, a big if, though. Uh, right? Exactly. But like, this is I do crazy. think it's funny that. You know, Elvis Andrews would like randomly sneak in as the top shortstop all those years when there were no good shortstops. Yeah, back um, when he was and, stealing and just 40 like bases. Troy Tulowitzki would get hurt, so Andrews yeah. would end up being number one. But I do. Uh, and now that and now that there are a lot of good shortstops, he still managed to find a way to sneak his <laughs> way in there because yeah. he's hitting a lot more home runs and stealing more bases than he usually does. I do wonder about Zan- Xander Bogarts is kind of the shortstop version of Christian Yelich, right? This year, it doesn't I guess. really stand out anywhere, especially this year with the Red Sox lineup not being nearly as good as it was last year. Yeah. Hits for batting average, but that's you know the the one twenty one homer season aside, he's kind of and that, uh, Christian Yelich's shortstop is pretty awesome compared to Christian Yelich at outfield. It's just it's interesting how much more hand wringing there is about one than the other. So I have Andrews ninth. Um, between those six I mentioned and Andrews are Gene Segura and Zach Kozart, who's about to return. 
I'd be fine with going Andrews' high seventh. I'd still rather have Segura and Kozar personally. I moved Andrews to eight with Segura ahead of him in that same six. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I think that's perfect. I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yep. so I think that's, if you're the Andrews owner, you know how we value him and it doesn't mean you have to sell high, just don't expect him to be the number one shortstop in fantasy. But, uh, yeah, look, he's consistent. Every year he, he is a shortstop worth starting and he's having And I just want to point out, fake news on this email. Why? I had Elvis Andrews eighth in Roto already. Oh, wow. okay. Fake, fake news. news. Fake news. <laughs> fake news. Uh, email of the day number two is Rob from, uh, Rob from New Jersey. Ooh, it was Pete from New Jersey and now Rob from New Jersey. You think they're friends? I hope probably. so. Yeah, probably. It's a small state. Yeah. Dear Craig, John, and Trevor. I have no idea. Mm, okay, it's Craig Kimbrell. Like John Lovers? Wetland and, and Trevor Hoffman, I'd say. Sure. Yeah, probably not, but why not? Every day, I stare at Alex Bregman, and I'm filled with hate, shame, and despair. <laughs> I passed on Cody Bellinger, Matt Adams, Jose Barrios, etc., because I didn't want to give up on Bregman. It's the worst mistake that I keep making. What is yours? My worst mistake that I keep making is... Oh, I actually have... A, I was thinking about this the other day. I can't think of it now. But Oh, man. there. It's usually the case of buying into a player over and over again and him letting you down over and over again. I, Matt Moore would be a good example, <laughs> except I think I'm finally reached my breaking point with him. I gave him one last chance going into this season because it was going to be his first full season at the most home run suppressing ballpark. And made in the Fool majors. me once, Matt Moore. Shame on you. Fool me, Fool me four six times. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine is it, it's not a specific player, but it's I've had a tendency to overreact to one or two good starts from uh, young starting pitchers, and sometimes it works out. I think we all agree it's probably working out with Jacob Faria. Um, maybe not so much with Nick Pavetta, who was really bad yesterday. Yeah. So, but did you start yeah, Nick Pavetta? I did not. Right, because I I wanted right. to add him, but I was I think pretty clear I didn't want to start Nick Pavetta, and we did right. it. So, so Chris didn't even make the mistake of starting him. I mean, I'm so smart. Yeah, you're the best. I, like, I don't know, I don't know that that, what you're citing as a mistake is even really a mistake. You have to buy into these guys early because somebody yeah. else, somebody is going to. And, well, like, like, I drop, be the one who has that lottery ticket in your hand. I dropped Francis Martez instead of Nick Pavetta. And I'm not 100%. I mean, Martez was terrible last time too. Yeah, both are kind of in that same boat. So, yeah. But if, that's probably the first thing that comes to mind for me. And I just seem to uh, always start Brad Peacock at the absolute worst times. Like, <laughs> I I should have known he was going to go on the paternity list last week and not make his second start. And then he had How that. How did you not know? I don't. Are I, you not Facebook friends with him? Come on. I mean, they, he's been talking about it for like well, nine months. No, nine months in the making, Adam. I'm not this Facebook is friends. basic human type biology. I'm not Facebook friends with with uh, Brad Peacock. I am Facebook friends with his wife, and she kept posting that she was about to go into labor, and I just completely, uh, completely just ignored it. Yeah, I ignored the signs. I just figured he'd he'd pitch through it, but no, these these guys, such family men these <laughs> days. Um, I I don't remember. I don't have a specific thing in mind of a mistake I made, but uh, I guess because I don't have Andrew McCutcheon, but giving up on Andrew McCutcheon on the podcast was yeah. certainly bad. 
And, and, we've uh, we've all made mistakes on the podcast, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As uh, people on Twitter will remind us. Probably, I jinxed the hell out of the twenty-two and 0, 24 and O team last uh, yesterday, and uh, started Carlos I mean, Carrasco. You haven't jinxed it yet. Uh, we, Carrasco and Barrios yesterday. Barrios was really great, but he took the loss, so that always hurts. Um, uh, all right, guys. In news and notes, not a lot. Carlos Gonzalez is on the DL with a shoulder strain. Brandon Finnegan left with a strained uh, triceps, so Oof. he was bad, and then he was hurt. Carlos Rodon is going to pitch tomorrow against the Yankees. Starter sit. Sit. Sit, based on what we saw from Hamels and Finnegan, right? I guess so. Brandon McCarthy's on the DL with knee tendonitis. He could be back in 10 days. We'll see. Uh, so I guess Kenta Maeda's back in the rotation. Yeah, who would believe that the Dodgers have a, a starting pitcher going on the DL for the minimum? <laughs> yeah. Eduardo Nunez could be back Friday. Hanley Ramirez is day-to-day with a knee issue, so he's been dealing with a shoulder injury. He's been dealing with a knee injury. And, you know, remember we talked about – I'm sure people remember. We talked about Carlos Santana on Friday, and I did a you know look at waivers. I said, all right, maybe I'll sit Carlos Santana this week. Who could I pick up at first base? And the only guy that was even – Worth a, a look was Hanley Ramirez, and I twelve team points league. I left him on waivers. Talk about mistakes. Well, Hanley Ramirez has been a big mistake for me. But he could turn it around. Do you still I, believe in I, him? I, I, st- I mean, the the batted ball data is still pretty promising. Thirty seven percent hard hit rate. His lowest soft contact rate since twenty thirteen. Um, he's not striking out much. There are. There are reasons to be positive, but uh, given how inconsistent Hanley Ramirez has been in his career, I don't feel great about it. Uh, by the way, Carlos Gonzalez should be back, they're thinking, in 10 days with the shoulder injury. Tampa Bay acquired Danny Echevarria from the Marlins for Ethan Clark and Braxton Lee, a couple of minor leaguers. I'm assuming this doesn't matter? Uh, Danny Echevarria is barely AL-only relevant. Okay, and Starlin Castro. I, I honestly haven't looked at Tim Beckham's defensive metrics. Could it help the pitching staff? At I all? think there's some thought of that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know that it would be enough for us to really. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not difference. actionable, but you could expect a little better from Chris Archer moving forward. Uh, Starlin Castro left with a hamstring strain, and they, oh, exciting news! The Yankees are calling up a prospect that has 24 steals so far this season in the minors. Uh, I use the word prospect loosely. Tyler Wade, I picked up Tyler Wade in a Roto League. We'll see if he can get on base and steal some bases, but he's having a great year. He has an 833 OPS. He's MLB.com's number 11 prospect for the Yankees right now. Um, Appears to me enjoying something of a breakout season. Has been like a low 800s OPS bat this season after being more like a high 600s bat for most of his minor league career, but has always drawn walks. Yeah. And there's, you know, he would have to get the same leeway on the base paths he did in the majors. Well, he would have to get that in the majors that he did in the minors, which isn't guaranteed. It's also not guaranteed there will be an opening for him because Starling Castro's injury could. He would say, and it doesn't feel as bad as one that cost him a week of action last August. So but it, they it did may just put, be a day-to-day thing. They did put Tyler Wade on the 40-man to make this move. So yeah, that's usually a sign or it can be a sign that the injury is more serious because that's a a bigger move than you typically make just for a few days. Yeah. yeah. As soon as Castro went out, uh they basically pulled Wade, I think, from the 
game in the in the AAA. Yeah. And uh, all right, well, Tyler Wade is 22 years old, so he's still pretty young. He had a good spring training. He's had a good year, and he steals bases. So, yeah, pretty deep leagues. I think you're looking at Wade, if at all. Jacoby Ellsbury returned. He's 42% owned. Probably not that interested in Ellsbury, right? No. I'm more interested in him than Wade, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not a, not a universal ad. Tyler Wade, by the way, is shortstop eligible, so... That's you know yep. that's also something. True. Matt Holiday is dealing with an allergic reaction, and it's sort of hurt his production at the play. He's been feeling very tired, and he's been out of the lineup for three straight games, I think. So Matt Holiday, they're trying to figure that out. The Nationals signed Francisco Rodriguez to a minor league contract. Addison Russell pinch hit. Wilson Contreras led off instead of Anthony Rizzo, and he homered Contreras. Rizzo has bad numbers against Gio Gonzalez, so I would expect Rizzo to be back leading off today. Joey Gallo returned to the lineup, and he homered, and Delano DeShield sat. And before we get into Monday standouts, ZipRecruiter.com is a standout website. If you want a winning fantasy team, you need top talent. You need the best roster. Same thing for your business. You employers, you need to find the best talent and a simple and quick way to do that. And that is with ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. So look, businesses all over the country are using ZipRecruiter. Not just big businesses, not just small ones. It works for companies of all sizes because ZipRecruiter effectively finds candidates for you. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. And that's why ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. ZipRecruiter finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Our listeners can start forming their own winning team right now on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Try it for free today. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Give me a Monday standout. I'm very excited for filling the blank later, by the way. But give me a Monday standout. Sirius Towers. Uh, this one's... This is a guy that I wish did anything more than hit for average. But you know, Escobar is hitting 300 since the start of May, has multiple hits in five of his last six games. And uh, he's probably multi-position eligible, right? You know Escobar. Well, let's He's the kind out. of guy that, like, I like. What? I think he's just third just base. Just third base at this point? Okay. He's, he's the kind of player, though, that, like, in a roto league, if I've focused too much on power and, and stolen bases and had to get some crappy hitters in my lineup. I don't mind picking up Yunel Escobar and just trying to get a little boost in my batting average every once in a while. All right. He is just their base. Okay. And 12% owned. So, okay, cool. I like it. Wasn't expecting that. You you caught me by surprise with Yunel Escobar. Scott White, give me a little more mainstream. Uh, I guess I'll use this as another opportunity to hype Tommy Pham a little because he's still only like 27% owned which I think is pretty outrageous given what he's done so far. The strikeouts are beginning to pile up, and you know I hate that. But yesterday he had a great game, and he didn't even do the one thing he's becoming most known for, which is hitting home runs. Two for three, two walks. There have been The walks have been as impressive as the strikeouts, if not more so. Uh, scored three runs, stole a base. He's been contributing in that area as well as the power. And I think it's... You know, he, I guess he could always slump his way out of an everyday role, but it, it looks like he's a fixture in the Cardinals lineup now. And, so, uh, you yeah, know, nine home runs, seven stolen bases in just 46 yeah, games. Pretty good. And you can look at, he's 
played 181 games in his career, but 539 plate appearances, so a bit less than a full season's worth of plate appearances. 23 homers, 10 steals, 807 OPS. Like, I think he's a pretty good player, especially because last year was such an outlier in the strikeout rate. He was like a 35% strikeout rate guy last year. There's a lot to like about Tommy Pham. Not a platoon splits guy, so there's no obvious situation where he might lose his job. I, yeah. I like him a lot. I think the biggest issue with Tommy Pham is he does have a degenerative eye condition. We talked about it uh, last time we spoke about Tommy Pham. It's not something that is completely fixed. It's still something that he's dealing with and has to manage. Can't mm-hmm. really predict if that's going to be an issue. Certainly hope yeah. it's not. But, you know, that has hindered Tommy Pham. So if Pham is less owned in fewer leagues than Jacoby Ellsbury, I feel like that's an easy swap to make, right? Yes, sure. They pro- both probably need to be owned in five outfielder leagues. Uh, but Pham's the only one I would consider owning in a three outfielder league, uh, you know, if I happen to get left out at that position, which I understand is hard to do. It just seems his ownership compared to a lot of other players is... Um, you know, there's a big disparity there. He's probably less on Randall Gritchick, right? Uh, you know what? Before you it, even answer that, I would guess the answer is no, by the way. But before you answer that, uh, we have an email here that says Piscotti no hottie. Gritchick's actually been good coming off the DL, so, and Fowler's on the DL. So let me ask you, who's your favorite Cardinals outfielder rest of season? Piscotti still. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's Piscotti. Is he doing anything, Piscotti? Getting a lot of questions about him. I thought he's gotten hot recently. He has. He's not doing anything, no. But I think, like his his strikeout to walk ratio is such a draw for me, and obviously the track record is in his favor. I mean, he's got an 8.29 OPS in June after being very disappointing in April and May, and 8.29 OPS is about what you're hoping for. Um, you know, that's it's not necessarily all on base percentage driven either. He does have eight, eight extra base hits, four homers, 14 homer uh, RBI in 21 games. So not stellar, but not terrible either. Yeah. Well, Steven Piscotti you know has it's six probably, home runs. If we're including Fowler in this group, Piscotti, Pham, Fowler is probably a pretty close trio. I mean, okay. yeah. But Gritchick is last. Although Gritchick is homered not in have... two consecutive games since getting called back up. Yeah. yeah. There's He's that. just, He's so unpredictable, has the worst plate discipline of the three, um, and he's just not going to be consistent enough. I think Tommy Pham might just be what we hoped Randall Gritchick would be. Yeah, he might be. Gritchick, speaking to the plate discipline during his time at AAA. Yeah, 21 strikeouts, four walks, right? I think it was 27-3, and three, actually. I thought <sighs> I had written it down. Come on, here. Chris. It was, it was bad. <laughs> really bad. Step it up. Well, he has maybe, power. Maybe Chris but is right. Who doesn't? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, all right, my Monday standout is Jordan Montgomery, uh, who just seems to be getting better and better. This was a great matchup for him. The White Sox have been brutal lately. Seven innings, one run. It was a solo home run. He struck out eight. And he's the number 35 starting pitcher in points leagues. I didn't look up where he is in Roto. It's probably pretty close. But in Roto, you have to sort through all the relievers as well. Um, so ran out of time. But bottom line, Montgomery, you know, the whip is still a touch high. It's 1.21, which isn't bad. But consider this with Montgomery. First five starts, he walked 14 batters. Last nine starts, he's walked 13 batters. So Montgomery's gotten his uh, control under control. And, you know, Chris has liked Montgomery probably more than everybody for a while. I just think he's a – like, if you're playing a daily league, I don't think I'm starting him at Houston this weekend. But other than that, I pretty much just starting, starting Montgomery all the time. 
There was actually a really interesting piece on him in Fangraphs where he's talking about uh, his slider and curveball usage. It's worth checking out. He kind of sliders are typically your swing and miss pitches. Curveballs are typically your your pitch to contact, get ground balls, weak contact pitch. And he's kind of the opposite. His curveball is the swing and miss pitch. It's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, he uh, he's probably been even better than he's been, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like his numbers should be even better than they are, looking at, like, his swinging strike total. And... Yeah, swinging strike rate, 13.7%. That's one of the best in baseball. That's what I was looking up right now, who's got the highest swinging strike rate. So I knew I knew it was pretty... And he's got four pitches. So I've, I've liked that right from the get-go for Jordan Montgomery. If you were the Jordan Montgomery owner and somebody offered you Cole Hamels for Montgomery, what would you do? I'd probably still take it. Um, but... It's less of a slam dunk than it seemed like uh, two months ago. How Jordan about, Montgomery's fifth in swinging strike rate, ooh. by the way. How about Jimmy ooh. James Nelson or Jordan Montgomery? I think I like Nelson a little more. I think. Um, I think so too. Better strikeout rate, better walk rate. Um, neither of them pitches in great park. Fellas, what do you make of Cody Allen pitching in the eighth inning of a non-save situation and Cam Bedrosian pitching in the seventh inning? I think it's a mess, especially the Angels situation. I have no idea who's going to get their next save. It could be any of five people, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but, it, I mean, Cleveland, I, I still think it's ultimately going to be Allen's, but now that he's kind of opened the door to them using somebody else, because... You know, that was, that was his suggestion. You don't always have to use me as the closer. Um, so nice. Yeah, it, it really was, but it stinks for us because I think, uh, I, I actually think it's going to be closer now to what I expected coming into the year, which is Allen probably getting like two thirds of the save chances and Miller also getting a decent amount. I think maybe they were just trying to get him right because he came off the DL and had a terrible outing. Or paternity leave and had a terrible outing. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe they're just trying to get him a little bit of work and get Cody Allen right. And he struck out the side. So yeah. Could be that. Yeah, I mean, he's still a good pitcher. Yeah, he's not as good pitcher. as Andrew Miller. Few are, Scott White. Few are. All right, let's move on to the show. Time for a new game. It's called Aaron Judge, true or false? Do you need me to explain how Aaron Judge No, I, th- I think I can figure this one out. All right. I think maybe the best thing to do is let's just play around and see if we, if we, Got it. See if we can figure it out. Um, true or false, Aaron Judge has more steals than Charlie Blackman. I'm going to say true just because it would be a silly game if it was false. Eh, yeah, that's good reasoning. I agree. Correct. Good job. <laughs> Way to go. Aaron Judge has six steals. Charlie Blackman has five steals. How about that? Uh, true or false, Aaron Judge is the only hitter in the top 35 in strikeouts with a batting average over 300. I'm going to say that's false. Just uh, yeah. It's still early enough that those haven't, that wouldn't have completely corrected for everyone. So we're saying false? Yeah. I'm going to say you guys are idiots. It's true. Ah. Uh, Sorry for yelling. Interesting. Yeah, and he's uh, batting 330. Uh, Mark Reynolds is down to 299 now. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> bud. Sneaky. But I don't even, I think Reynolds may be outside the top 35. I think he might be like 36th. Which is why I did the, in strikeouts. Fine. Yeah. 
Okay, and true or false, Aaron Judge has fewer doubles than Mike Zanino. <laughs> that's probably true as well. I'm going to say that's false. You, he has more doubles than Mike Zanino. You both are idiots. They're tied with 11 doubles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a trick question. That's uh, surprising that Mike Zanino has 11 doubles just because he has so many home runs as well. What's the most surprising thing that we've learned in the Aaron Judge true or false segment? Uh, probably the Blackman part, right. I would guess. Five yeah. steals? I, I mean, I knew Blackman hadn't really done much of anything on the bases, but I didn't know. I mean, six, six steals is not nothing. I'm surprised Judge has run that much. He's a good athlete. Uh, so the thing about Blackman is that he's been a top five hitter in fantasy and, uh, like he, He's got five steals, 16 home runs, which is not spectacular, 320 batting average, which is obviously very good. But the RBIs are coming down for Blackman. He's a leadoff hitter who at a time was leading baseball in RBIs. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say. I just think it's— He's still— Yeah, go ahead. He's still on pace for— like 130 runs and 115 RBI. Well, that's though. the thing, but that, but that's probably you know going to decrease because that was an unsustainable pace. And a 16 homer, five steal guy right now doesn't feel like a top five hitter. I just was a little, little surprised that Blackman's been a top five hitter. The runs and the RBIs, I think, helped that a lot. You know what's kind of crazy? It's it's hard to steal home, and he has ten triples. He has ten triples. He has ten triples. Oh, he already has a career high in triples. That's pretty. He has 17 doubles, 10 triples, 16 home runs. He has 43 extra base hits already. Who is I'm looking at right now? Who is second in baseball in triples? It's probably someone slow and fat. It's a <laughs> it's a fast, skinny guy. All right, uh, D Gordon. No, no, but you know, a little faster and a little skinnier. Billy Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> five triples. I don't know that anyone's skinnier than D. Gordon, just yeah. to be clear. I think Billy Hamilton might be skinnier than D. Gordon. I didn't know you could get a triple on an infield hit. <laughs> Those are usually scored errors. D. Gordon. <laughs> I don't even see D. Gordon on the triples leaderboard. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. Let's play um, – uh, what do we want to do next? Still have hope. Let's play a game called Still Have Hope. Tell me, do you still have hope for the following players? Alex Bregman, 82% owned. Yes, I do, because I'm a sucker. <laughs> I just, I, I know he was starting to turn things around. Like, there was the point where he hadn't hit a home run to, like, mid-May, and then he had a pretty decent May. He's been really bad again in June. Um, I picked him up in a league. But the play discipline's there. So. That was yeah, the, yeah, that, that was the thing that is. we liked about him coming up in the minors. I don't know. He's... He's so hard to pin down. We haven't seen the real Alex Bregman yet, I think. Um, but the fact that he's been so inconsistent is, I think, a, a pretty big mark against him because even when he's been good, you couldn't rely on it. Let me give you all in CBSSports.com leagues one reason to have some hope for Alex Bregman. Right now he's the number 25 third baseman in points, number 35 in Roto. But he's one game away, one appearance, one tiny little appearance away at shortstop from gaining eligibility in CBS leagues. And he would right now, as bad as Bregman has been, he'd be the number 14 shortstop in points leagues, number 20 in Roto. So if he just gets a little bit better, he could be a top 12 shortstop. You figure they'll give Correa a day off at some point. 
It could just be one inning, one one appearance that you know, like Anthony Rizzo, one at bat where he's playing shortstop, and you could have Bregman being shortstop eligible. Keep that in mind. Um, yes. Now, now he has been one game away for like two months. It is yes. true. But still, all you know, one game's doesn't take much. Now I'm no expert, but you guys tell me. This is what we have listed on CBSSports.com. What do you think is a skinnier person? Six feet, 160 pounds, or 5'11", 171 pounds? Uh, I'm going to go with the first one. Mm, yeah. It's Billy Hamilton. Skittier than D. Gordon. If we believe them. <laughs> Everyone know. lies. Did you guys ever see the, the picture of D. Gordon and Justin Bohr wearing each other's clothes? No. It is from spring training. They wore each other's uniforms. It is hilarious. It is phenomenal. Seems like something I need to Google right now. Do you have faith in Aledmus Diaz, 80% owned? I'm losing faith fast. I... You know, we talked before the season about how everybody, everybody was too down on the lead Miss Diaz and we were the only smart people in the world. And it turns <laughs> out we're the idiots. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And have, this is a, this is a reminder that you can't necessarily trust one good season. Even if the underlying numbers are there, the underlying numbers, the hard hit contact, all that stuff seemed to be in his favor, but you know, that stuff fluctuates too. Yeah. He's. A player who I've dropped in a few leagues, even though he's already eligible at shortstop where we're, we'd love for Bregman to get eligibility. Yeah. But that kind of shows the difference, I think, in, in pedigree. I mean, Alex Bregman was the second overall pick in the draft two years ago. Mm-hmm. And Aledmus Diaz was like, where did this guy come from? Uh, okay, sorry. I was watching a video of D. Gordon and Justin Bohr switch clothing. Uh, it's fantastic, right? It's, you oversold it. You oversold oh, it. Oh, come on. Bit. It's a, it's a fat man in a little baseball uniform. Didn't Aaron Judge do the same? What they were weren't they the first to do it? Aaron Ronald Judge. No, I think they did like guy. a photo shoot in like April. Yeah. But Bohr and D Gordon did it in spring training. Oh, okay. When Aaron yeah. Judge hits home runs, Ronald Torres, who's like my size, he stands on the bench to give him a high five. It's, it's very funny. <laughs> Is that who it was who he switched I'm with? Pretty Ronald sure. Torres. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Javier Baez, do you still have hope in him? He's uh, been hitting pretty well lately. He has four doubles in his last or his five doubles in his last eight games. Javier Baez, seventy one percent owned. Well define hope, because I he was he was the one who everybody else was high on and we were like, You guys are idiots and I guess we've not been the idiots in that case because he's been pretty lame. Yeah, I mean um, he, he has held his strikeout rate consistent from last season which is a good sign uh he's hitting for a decent amount of power but i thought javier Baez was going to be what ian happ has been like that's how i thought his career would go and you know when he first came up that's kind of what it looked like but he struck out 45 percent of the time or something and it seems like he's lost a lot of power in an effort to correct that so i uh i mean the He's eligible everywhere, and that's always going to have value in in larger lineup leagues, but he doesn't daily he just, leagues. He doesn't but, play enough. Yeah, he well, does the big he does with Zobers now. Well, Zobers has been playing. Zobers has been out. Zobers has been yeah. out, and 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 Russell's out. But Russell pinch hit yesterday. Zobers will be back. Honestly, Javier Baez was one of the most overdrafted players in fantasy. Yep, and yeah. he's seventy one percent owned. He's done nothing to justify that. Incredibly fun. Made another great play yesterday. Two, two great. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the leap and grab on the Bryce Harper line drive. That was incredible. Yeah, that was ridiculous. incredible. And then he made a sliding catch in foul territory later in the game. 
Uh, yeah, Baez is a tremendous athlete, but I just, like, I, I don't own him, and if I did, he'd be the first guy I cut to get somebody on my team. By the way, to answer your question, Scott, uh, you said define hope. Um, it is a, a feeling of optimism or a desire that something will happen. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> on the subject of the sliding catch, are you guys ever that impressed by a sliding catch? It depends. Cause like a lot of the times you'll see these like ridiculous ones where the guy catches it and then like jumps and that's not as impressive. But if you actually like Catches catch it on a dive. Not a diving catch, a sliding catch. Uh, look up Javier Baez's catch. I will send you the link. And I would like your reaction. This was a, this was a talking, diving catch. No, it was, it was feet first. I'm talking feet first versus head first. Because I, I just wonder what – I kind of wonder whenever I see one, considering when you slide, obviously your glove is way back on your body. Like, did you even need to slide? Why couldn't you just caught it standing up? Yeah. Uh, yeah Why I are don't you know. hating it's... Javier Baez right no, now? No, I just <laughs> I just wondered about the sliding catch. Not a like, question. It always I can... seems look, unnecessary. To look, me. sports are supposed to be fun, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Scott White. All right, finally, actually two more, real quick. Do you still have hope for Jonathan Lucroy? Uh, it's uh... beginning to fade a little too. I mean, the plate discipline is as good as ever, but um, yeah, Robinson Chirinos has been so productive with the power that. Lucroy can never never seems to start more than three games in a row, and even that's not consistent. And uh, I just wonder if he's able to get hot enough to um, reclaim the, the everyday role he had in Milwaukee. He also just kind of has a bit of a statistical profile of someone who is having to cheat to make contact. Like his hard hit rate has gone way down. Um, and I just, I wonder if he's so, lost too much for contact oomph in his bat and he's having to, uh, to sacrifice only 22 strikeouts this year for Lucroy, but only 10 walks. So he's a uh, top three catcher for everybody, but is it time to consider moving anybody like Salvador Perez, McCann, anybody ahead of Lucroy? I'll give it a, a, a little while still. All right. And do you still have hope for Byron Buxton in a keeper league? In a keeper league, Byron Buxton. Again, uh, it depends on the definition of hope there. <laughs> um, I already know what it is. You said it. That, so you don't, don't want me to look it up? Again. I mean, uh, if it's like a keep him for the minimum situation, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean. He's not running as much as you'd like. He's got 13 steals in, I don't know, it's not great, but 13 steals in uh, 70 games. By the way, Adam, you sent me the link to these bias catches as if I hadn't seen him them. Oh, I thought you hadn't from yesterday. No, I've seen them. The first catch, the dive on the Harper liner was amazing. And the second catch, it's not like it wasn't good. I just, I was just commenting on the concept of the sliding catch in general because it's like, oh, okay. you know, in this particular case, since he was coming up on, on the wall and, you know, kind of a low railing, if he didn't want to go flipping into the stands, he may have had to, Go for the slide just to slow his momentum. But when you see a sliding catch made in the middle of the outfield, um, yeah. where, you know, he, he's basically catching the ball by his shoulder. It was the slide really necessary. Couldn't he just run under the ball? Yeah. And, like when some guys make leaping catches at the wall and they clearly didn't have to jump. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Chris, uh, if you want the verb, it's uh, the action of wishing or desiring that something will occur. That's hope verb form. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I have very little hope in Byron Boxing at this point. Okay. There's also a character named Hope in Days of Our Lives. Uh, we could, if you want to talk about that. Sure. So I think it's time for fill in the blank, but first we need a very mediocre round of team name Tuesday. Paul from New Jersey says, what's up with all this New Jersey? Is this the same guy? I don't think so. Uh, Maven, I'm amazed. That's good. Yeah, not bad. And I'm amazed. He stole another base. Uh, this is from Darren in South Korea. He wants me to sing the first one. Faria Mind! That's good. That's awesome. That's a great one. That's good. And uh, for Canadian fans, Raisin the Rough. Like okay. Raisins mm-hmm. and then Rough, you know. Are you that up? is a Fantasy Baseball Today specific yeah, team name. I would say so. Uh, this is from Jay. Delino, DeWitch, and DeWardrobe. <laughs> good. <laughs> I like that. Better That's than I best. thought. Uh, Jay also wants to know who you like better rest of season in a categories league, Mazzara or Conforto? Conforto. Still pretty easily. Yeah, it's been frustrating lately. I hope he's not pulling the same act he did last year, except just to an even greater extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a but big I, deal. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to come out of this soon, and and when he does, then the playing time will be a non-issue anymore. Matt in Milwaukee, Thames hit different day. Sure, it's good. It's almost it's almost profane, but it's good. And Alexander Watkins, two Wongs don't make a Wainwright. Sure. Cardinals specific stuff. All right, fellas, fill in the blank from Mendel. Starling Marte is blank in this year's outfield environment. Ineligible. <laughs> um, he is still a an elite player uh, once he gets back, and I know some people are probably worried that he might not be as good after failing a PED test because he won't be on PEDs. Don't be. That's it's pretty safe to say that that's not a concern. Look at D Gordon this year. Um, so I, I still think he's probably a top 10, top 15 outfielder. I'm going to say my blank is underwhelming, but probably still necessary in a categories league. Is that too long for a blank? No, that's okay. I, I think in a points league, I'm not even sure he was a top 10 outfielder in points last year. His plate discipline isn't very good in points. Yeah. But in a roto or a categories league, yeah, I mean, you, you need those steals. Uh, Matthew says, I would spend blank of my fab if Eric Thames were on my waiver wire. 20%. I was going to say 25, so we're in the same ballpark. Who was the closest without going over? Who just prices? Uh, I think it was Chris. 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 Right, you won. Good job. Chris, if, uh, but you know, that's not the way fab works. Sure. I, 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 I would, I would be the winner of Thames. Yeah, that's true, Scott, but we're clearly playing prices right. You knew that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I forgot. Marte only played 129 games last year, but the year before that, he was number 17 in points, number 11 in Roto. That was only with yeah. 30 steals. He stole 47 last year. PP, but the home runs were down. I mean, PPG, points per game, for those who don't know what that means. Um, PPG? PPG. I'm down with PPG. It's always pretty underwhelming for Marte. It's not really his format. I yeah. mean, it's just not. But 
he's fine in that format and he's really good in categories. Normally, I think in this outfield environment that drops a little. Denelson Lamette will finish the season as a top blank pitcher. It's going to be pretty low because he's probably not a top 150 pitcher right now, right? right well, rest uh, of season, Denelson Lamette is a top blank pitcher. 60. Starting pitcher. Uh, yeah, that's, pr- I might have him ranked a little outside the top 60, but I think dropping him like everybody did after those two terrible starts was premature and he probably needs to be owned everywhere again. And I'm going to, uh, I overstated Starling Marte's lack of relevance in points leagues. He was about, among qualifiers, he was about 13th in points per game last year. Okay. Jesse Burrill. Yonder Alonso will be blank in the second half. Dropped in a lot of leagues. Really? Really? I'll say he'll be fine in the second half. I'll say he'll be about 70% owned. Doesn't sound like we're feeling Yonder Alonso right now. I just He was the first one to Yonder Alonso. Yeah, but I think you have to still, to some extent, look at the track record and say he's probably not this good. And then you look, okay, if he's not this good, that's probably a 70% owned guy in uh, at first base. Okay. This is uh, from the Welsh, who's from the uh, In This League podcast. Very funny, guys. Cable Guy is the blank movie. And we always argue about Cable Guy, uh, me and the Welsh. Because I hate that movie. Sixth best Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> I can't think of a good like word to describe it, but I feel like Cable Guy is one of those movies that like the the whole is worse than the sum of its parts. Maybe like there are some movie sucks. Pretty good scenes. Like, it's not as guy, funny as the funniest not... Jim Carrey movies. It's probably not as good as some of the better like serious Jim Carrey movies. It's no Truman Show. It's no oh, Truman no. Show. No. I mean, um, the, the Jim, the serious Jim Carrey movies are by and large pretty good, right? I mean, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Truman Show is that Truman kind of serious movie. I think that, that straddles the line the best. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah, Mind is very one. good. Yeah. A little overrated among my cohort, I think. Yeah. The, the movie 23 is, uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's I've worse, never seen that it's one. worse yeah, than Cable Guy. Maybe I just uh, have selective memory on his serious roles. Mr. Popper's Penguins, obviously a very good serious movie. <laughs> All right, uh, Donovan Miller says the next big call-up will be blank. The next big call-up. I haven't had a great track <laughs> be young. so far. Uh, I'm going to go with Ahmed Rosario. It's got to happen at some point. The Mets can't keep doing this. They've already said they're they're starting to sell parts. They're going to... Fire as Drupal Cabrera into the sun at this point, I think. Um, they have to call him up. Yeah. I agree with that. It's probably been, I probably would have said that for the last six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in the blank from Edwin. Madison Bumgarner will be a, will be the number blank starting pitcher second half of the season. Bumgarner, number blank. Uh, he's moving up to AAA this Friday, we should mention on his rehab assignment, so he could be back soon. Number nine pitcher. I'm going to go higher. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to three-up you. Number six. Oh, all right. Uh, We love Bummy. Adam Hammond. I should should blank Jonathan VR. 
forget about. Stash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, forget so, about's probably too strong. Well, I um, kind of forgot about it. Well, actually, I think I'm stashing him in the DL. But once he comes off, I, like if Franklin Barreto is good, I will be dropping Jonathan VR. I I should. Um, man, I should. Reprimand. Be prepared to move on from okay. Jonathan VR. I have these really long blanks. Fine. Blanks, sorry. This one, this actual blank that the listener provided was longer than the other ones, so it's fine. Oh, okay. That's cool. From Matt Cave, Die Hard is a Christmas blank. Don't okay. answer that. It's a leading question and it's wrong. From Oof. the Fantasy Football Dope, baseball is the worst sport of all blank. Uh... The worst. Worst sport of all, comma, psych. <laughs> yes. That works. Nice. Uh, that from, works. From John, Noah Syndergaard will pitch blank games and blank your fantasy team. Seven and help. I will say four and help. Only four? Only seven? Like he's not going to have uh, two full I months? I mean, right now we're probably three weeks away from him being cleared to throw. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're probably another three to four weeks away from him pitching in the majors. Yeah. So I think they're going to be like now that they're basically tearing down, it sounds like, and they should. I mean, yeah, the, the five playoff teams look as decided as any can be in June for the NL. Um, I think they're going to be extra, extra cautious, but not so cautious that they won't want to want to give him a chance to in 2017 on a good note. The Rockies have lost six in a row, by the way. Uh-oh. Done, done, done. Could anybody catch them? Yeah, I mean, the, the Central's got some... Wait a second. Are you saying the five playoff teams and you're just uh, assuming the Cubs are going to win the Central? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, that's fair. Uh, all right, guys. We have some time left, so just tell me real quickly, how do you feel about these pitchers? Gio Gonzalez. Maybe you could start being bad, Gio, please. <laughs> Zach Granke, Carlos Carrasco, who got lit up yesterday, and Rich Hill, who had a good start, finally. Pretty good start. Uh, Gio, Granke, Carrasco, and Hill. Say something smart. Um, boy, that's asking a lot to say something smart. Um, I'm not worried about Carlos Carrasco, and I'm not buying into Rich Hill yet, but it was very encouraging to see him actually pitched decently. Yeah, he he uh he and Rick Honeycutt worked on simplifying the mechanics. This was his first start beyond five innings this year. Yeah. And it was two beyond five innings, so yeah. that's cool. I still say like if you look at Rich Hill start by start, every start that wasn't a disaster, which is like, you know, five or six, <laughs> <laughs> helped your ERA and whip. So it's like I don't know. I I still think they're like they I understand the track record for him. It's easy to say, well, last year was just a fluke, but I I just feel like flukes with that kind of swing and miss ability are just like normally when you're talking a fluke, you're talking about he lucked into a good ERA and that's obviously not what happened to Rich Hill last year. So uh, yeah. I I still believe and think dropping him is too is not something you should consider. I totally agree. However, I will say that you just gave the most <sighs> I wouldn't say optimistic, but like the the most positive spin on Rich Hill's season. That if you take out the <laughs> half of his starts that are horrible, and, and the, at yeah. least he's actually been pretty good. Yeah, um, there was like they've helped you Rihanna and Whip for five innings. You get what I'm saying? Like, there would okay, but let's say that Carlos Rodon is 
Carlos Rodon is available in about 25% of leagues right now. Mm-hmm. If Rich Hill was your worst pitcher, would you drop him to pick up Carlos Rodon? I, I would rather say. have. I I, hmm. I would rather have. I guess I guess probably Rodon, but I don't. I don't know that I could look at any of my. And I own Rich Hill in a lot of leagues. I don't know that I could look at any of my teams and say he's my worst pitcher. All right. Uh, then let's finish the show with some emails and tweets from JJ Cabrera. Is now the time to sell high on Bellinger, but in a keeper league? Blackman for Bellinger, three-year keepers. It is just three years. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find anybody who's, I mean, the player Blackman's been the last two years. I mean, that's first-round production. Yeah. I don't know that you can hope any prospect is going to be a first-rounder if he hasn't already established himself as such. So, well, so who would you rather have in a three-year keeper? Blackman. Blackman? If we're just talking about three years, then I'd rather have Blackman. All right. So he doesn't get traded because Blackman at home this year is batting 390 with an 816 slugging percentage. 816 slugging percentage at home so far. He's not going to get traded. No. The Rockies are good now. But he was. His home away splits were pretty much dead even last year. I'm going to save but, Joe's email for tomorrow because it's a very good one. So Joe from the Podcast Listeners League tomorrow. Eric from Royal Oak, Michigan says, uh, first, I'll start with grape nuts. Grape nuts contain neither grapes nor nuts. They are basically cereal clusters and are typically served with blueberries. They're mostly a Midwest Michigan thing. And my question is, in a 12-team, 6 by 6 categories league, I have Pujols, Malik Smith, Josh Reddick. Ryan Braun coming back. Who do I drop for Braun? Pujols, Malik Smith, or Josh Reddick in a categories league? I would drop Smith. I You know what? I Pujols. would drop Reddick. Pools. Yeah, it would probably depend on what the rest of my team looks like. Pujols is really replaceable at first base. Is he even in your top 25 at first base at this point? I don't think he's in mine. Um, but, I mean, Smith and Reddick aren't even in my top 60 outfielders. Yeah, but it's just if I need stolen bases, I'm having trouble dropping Smith. So that, that would be the thing for me. All right, next email from Doug. Grade the trade. Give up Josh Bell. And the rights to Tristan McKenzie and Jesus Sanchez. Josh Bell, Tristan McKenzie, Jesus Sanchez. Get Cody Bellinger. I think that's, I mean, I, I can't say I know a ton about Tristan McKenzie and Jesus Sanchez, so maybe Scott will come in with his prospect knowledge and smite me. <laughs> but that one seems obvious. Cody Bellinger is already good. They both look like high upside prospects, but they're not even 20 yet. So there's a lot of potential hurdles. And I assume, I assume if this is a league that rewards the keep that where prospects are being kept, that uh, it's you know not everybody's being kept on equal terms here. I imagine Bellinger's a cheap keeper, mm-hmm. which makes it an easy call. If he's not, he's just as expensive as anyone else you'd keep. Um, it's less than automatic, but I'd still probably take it. Okay, here's uh, Brian from Atlanta. Getting ready for the Monday podcast, enjoying some raisin toast, and just ordered my free trial from Harry's. Thanks for the tip. Thank you. It's actually really cool. Everybody, do it. Harry's.com slash FBT, I believe it is. I'll double check on that. 10 Team Roto, Schwarber just got dropped. Yes, it's Harry's.com slash FBT. Uh, 10 Team Roto, Schwarber got dropped. Would you drop Ian Desmond to pick up Schwarber? No. no. Only if, only if it's a league where Schwarber's, you know what? That's not even true. No, I would not do that. 
And I don't think in a 10-team league, Schwarber needs to pick up under any circumstances unless it's one where he's catcher eligible. All righty. That's it for today's show. Oh, I love eight-game eight, day, eight game days. That was tremendous. Back to the 15 today, so we'll have plenty to talk about on Wednesday's show. Plus, we'll grade some of your trades. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. See ya.